and what a great service we're having already. And I believe that God is going to continue that as we move forward. Praise God for his spirit in the church. I mean, if we don't have the spirit of God in the church, we don't have anything. And so uh, let me also highlight um, that I would love for our campus to be represented significantly next time there is an outreach in Milwaukee at Life Center. I mean, we have, you need to know this, we have boots on the ground today in inner city Milwaukee. We have a full-time pastor there. They run about 150 to 175 people in their church. It's going to be renovated here in the near future this, this summer. Uh, also, we have a downtown ministry that's kind of branched out of that church, but we just hired uh, its own organizer, and so uh, we have boots on the ground there. As we're praying today, we're not just praying for somebody, we're praying even for our people. And so I just want you to know that, and let's be well represented the next time that uh, all of our campuses schedule a meeting there or an outreach there in the inner city of Milwaukee. And we are concluding today our series on relationship goals. We're going to do that with a message that we've called Five Signs of a Solid Relationship. Let me say that next week we begin a brand new series, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's out of the book of Romans. What we're going to do going to do is take the book of Romans over this next year. We're going to divide it up in three times. We're going to preach a short series out of the book of Romans. And by the end of the year, we will have covered the book of Romans, not verse by verse, but the major themes out of Romans. And so the series is called So Help Me God. And, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I encourage you to bring a friend and, and see what God God will do in their lives. And today we're going to look at a book, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. We're going to look at that book of the Bible. If you want to turn there with me, that would be great in your Bible. And if you say, Pastor Dan, you don't preach out of Ecclesiastes that much. I'm not sure where it is. Well, if you can find Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, and in my Bible, it's on page 540. I wrote it down. So 540, if that helps you at all, and, and see what that gets you. So we're talking about five signs of solid relationships. And relationships in life teach us a lot about ourselves. Some things that relationships teach us about ourselves, it teaches us about our communication style. You say, Pastor Dan, what do you mean? How do relationships teach me that? Well, let me say this. Men, if, you, if your wife seems to be upset, and you say to her, uh, is something wrong? And she says, I'm fine. And you say, that sounded a little awkward. So you ask again. And you say, are you sure you're okay? And she says, I told you I'm fine. She ain't fine, okay? She is not fine at all. And you should do one of two things. You should either press in to, to find out a little bit more about what's going on or head for the farthest corner of the house that you can find because she is not fine. I will guarantee you that. 
80 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. So we can say the right words, but not really communicate what the words mean. So in relationships, we learn about our communication style, our ability to resolve conflict. Now, some of you, and like my friends, he grew up in a family that owned a, uh, a meat packing plant, and they would start from the animal live all the way through to the end. He had three uncles who were in business together, and the way they handled conflict was they pushed all of the tables against the wall, and the last one of the three still standing, that's the way they went. That's the decision they made. Okay, so we learn about our ability to resolve conflict. Can I just say to you that every relationship you have at one point or another will have some conflict? And I know that you're thinking, Pastor Dan, that's not possible. You are just so nice, and, and Kristen must be so blessed, and it just must be heaven to live with you every day, and probably no conflict or anything like that. Well, she probably would have a different story, because every relationship has conflict. It's a normal part of life. Do you know that if you didn't have anybody around you, you would fight with yourself. Because we just get up that way some days, right? Am I the only one? You'd pick a fight with yourself just because you don't feel good. So we learn about our ability to resolve conflict or discover our talents. Proverbs 27:17 says, one man sharpens another. It's a great text. It's about people coming together and, and sharpening our lives. And I like to use it actually for a wedding text sometimes because people, when they come together, they see certain things that in the life of the person they're marrying, but there's so much yet that's undiscovered. And God puts you in each other's lives to help discover the hidden talents, the hidden qualities that will help make them great that they're not even aware of themselves yet. So when a relationship becomes solid, like the one we talked about last week with David and Jonathan, it reaps a reward and a benefit in and to our lives in such a way that it helps us become all that God has intended us to become. These solid relationships make such a difference. They make us better people. They keep us on track. They help us go higher in life than we would ever go ourselves. That portion where it says they keep us on track. I want to go back about 10 years ago when Kristen and I were in Bible college and we weren't married yet and we were living the young life and, and we were just dating and, and uh, so, so we went out on a date this night. I don't even remember where we went. I just remember where we ended up. We ended up sitting in the car across the street from the chapel at North Central University, looking at the Skyway. And the Skyway connected Carlson Hall, which was the men's dorm, to the chapel. And we were just sitting there talking, and I was doing my typical thing at that time in my life. I was just being critical. 
and this guy comes walking across the skyway, and I don't even remember his name, but what I remember is I could not stand this guy. I thought he was proud, like that's calling the kettle black, right? Uh, I thought he was proud. I thought he was arrogant. I thought he was handsome, and he knew it, and he was obnoxious about it. So I start telling Kristen why I can't stand this guy. Now, remember, we're on a date, and we haven't been dating very long. And she looks at me. I will never forget it. She looks at me, and she says, Dan, why don't you pay attention to your own life and quit criticizing other people? You've got enough of your own issues to deal with. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I just bought your fries, man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's how you're going to treat me, right? I wanted to kick her out of the car. I'm being dead serious. I'm looking at her and I'm like, in about two seconds, you are going to be standing in the cold. And then it dawned on me, I'm driving her car. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> kick her out. <laughs> but that started a journey in our lives, in my life. Nobody had ever pointed that out to me before. And I obviously was not listening to the Spirit of God. Life is too short to go through life just being critical and having a critical spirit. It's so, so ungodly. So imagine I was saying these things thinking it proved something about me or about him. And it really proved something about me. And so relationships help keep us moving forward, those solid relationships help us go higher than we ever would on our own. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4 gives us some insight and a picture of solid relationships. And first it begins with the meaninglessness of life without solid relationships. The meaninglessness of life without solid relationships. And I, this is what he says in verse 7. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to this guy's toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he's working very hard. He's working so hard, in fact, that he has no significant relationships around him. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Solomon understood a great truth, that apart from solid relationships, toil, work, and effort is meaningless who do you have to share it with? In fact, some people are like he's talking about. They're working so hard to make this perfect life for the people they love, but they're sacrificing their relationship with those people. As you look back, as your kids look back, they're not going to say, I wish I had one more pair of Nike Air Force Ones, you know, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, "Where I wish I would have had more time with my dad. 
or my mom. They worked all the time. Barton Goldsmith from Psychology Today, he wrote that relationships increase happiness. They validate us through shared experiences. They increase, so he's basically saying the same thing today as a psychologist that Solomon was saying all of those years ago. You see, the Bible is relevant even to unbelieving people today, and they don't even know it. This book is relevant to all of our lives. And so relationships help provide meaning to our lives through shared experiences. Do you know one of the things we get out of marriage is that someone is there to walk through life with us and see almost everything that happens, and it validates our life. And that happens so many times in other ways as well. I have two nephews this year at North Central University, and they are so different. And to them, I'm the adventurous uncle, okay? I'm the guy who jumps in a canoe and gets a fishing pole, and we go to where there are no people, and I take them to places and do things because they're both city boys that they've never done before, and they think it's so cool and so dangerous and on the edge. And and, uh, so we canoe this one particular river, and it feels like... There's nothing for miles. And actually, it's just up over the hill, but you can't hear it. You can't see it. And on this particular river, there's a small waterfall. And and we, we usually go around it. But on this day, I thought, we're going over this thing. And the water was so high that the reason we usually would go around it is because the water... Was, was just about a foot and a half below a huge tree that had fallen across the river, and it's at the worst part of the rapids. Well, this year, the water was going over that tree, and I thought, Caleb, we're going for it. And he's like, yeah, Uncle Dan, we can do it, we can do it. And we got up there, and I don't know what happened, but we dumped and and my canoe was pressed up against that tree and the, the current, you know, and he goes over the tree carried by the water and he's swimming. He's having a great time and I feel like I'm going to drown and I'm never going to get this canoe out of there, you know. And all of our gear floated down the river and, and I thought we are in a, I'm in a heap of trouble. He's already out of here, but I'm never, because when the water fills up a canoe and pushes it against something, it is very difficult to roll it over. And so uh, we go on that river because we catch sturgeon occasionally. We don't fish for them, but it's a great experience. Both of my nephews have had like four foot sturgeons on their line and and brought them up and and we've released them. and, And what do you think they talk about when they see me? For me, it's not... Oh, Uncle Dan, you love Jesus so much. They text me in the middle of the week. Do you remember this when we were on our trip? Do you remember that? That is so cool. Like after we got the canoe out and Caleb and I were downriver, we're, we're like, man, we'd like to fish some more. And, and our, our poles were there. That's all that was left. And, and everything else had floated downriver. And no kidding, when I said that, we were in this little covey and, and downriver quite a ways, and 
the, the, the canister of our bait went into my leg. And I'm like, we get to fish some more, right? And so uh, that, that happened, and we got to another spot, and, and it's a perfect spot to f- throw the football. And, and I said, man, why didn't we bring the football? And he's like, yeah, Uncle Dan, why didn't you bring the football? I promise, in addition to the bait floating up to me and bumping into my leg, at that moment, I felt something. I swatted it away from my leg, thinking it was a fish or a branch. And I turned around and looked, and there's a little yellow vinyl football that floats up to me. What are the chances? And so we're like, can you believe it? And having all this fun. And, but that validates when you experience that with someone else, it validates your life. Both times we got caught in the deer flies or the horse flies. So the last hour we did nothing but paddle, getting bit, bitten everywhere from these deer flies. My nephews were troopers. And they'll say when something goes wrong in the family or whatever, this is like that time we were paddling for our lives, Uncle Dan, getting bitten up by the deer flies, you know. It's, but but it validates that time in our lives. That's why we want relationships. Because there's someone else to look back with, to see everything that's, that's happened in our lives. And it enriches us. Barton Goldsmith says, they make us better people, create greater warmth and hope in our lives. In addition to validating us. There's just something about solid relationships. And the words of Solomon are still true today. Now, it is accurate that God created us with a place in our heart that can only be filled by him, our creator. It's vertical relationship, right? God created us for vertical relationship, a relationship with him as a heavenly being, the creator of universe, the creator of man, completely true. I'm in total agreement with that. But he also created us for horizontal relationship, person to person. And the reality is that if I have good vertical relationship with God, that will show in my horizontal relationship with people. Let me say that there is not a person who is close to God, walking filled with his Holy Spirit, that is mean and ugly and just a battle axe to be around. It's an oxymoron, right? But that sometimes can be our perception over the years of what spiritual people are. No, it ain't spiritual. If I'm with him, if I have vertical relationship down, I will be able to show that in the relationship that I have with you. Not always. I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But on average, you're going to sense that this person has been with Jesus. And they're consistently with Jesus. If you're following along in our soap devotionals, you would uh, have read this week in, in Philippians, the verse that says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
but I can accomplish more, Paul says, if I stay on this earth. And his only goal is to, to be a testimony, a witness of the love of Jesus Christ and the salvation of Christ. And he was close to the Lord, and it showed in the way he reached out to other people and the way that affected people around him. So quickly, five signs of strong relationships. First one is mutual enjoyment. Enjoy the company or the presence of the person you're with. Proverbs 27.9 says, Just as lotions and fragrance give delight, sweet friendship refreshes the soul. And you know that to be true. Whether in your marriage or whether in relationships with other people, when you're with someone in a solid relationship, you just sense that there's a sweetness to it. We had the privilege this week to sit with two couples or families and, and just share a meal. And with both of those families, it was just this sense of, man, isn't this enjoyable? There, there's just a presence here. It just, it's so easy, right? And then you have other people where you don't enjoy it at all. You get home. Be honest. It's hard, it's hard, hard, hard to enjoy someone's presence when they suck every bit of the life out of you. Am I being real or what? And you get home and you close the door and you, before you even take off your coat, you're like, oh man, I'm just so glad to be home. I'm glad that's over, right? Come on, be real. So solid relationships are where there's mutual enjoyment. If you hate my company, when you come to church, if you say, oh, for crying out loud, I got to listen to that dipstick again this week, you know, it's not going to be a life-giving relationship for you. I, I'm not trying to be rude here. I'm trying to be legitimate. You would be better off finding someone that you feel shares the love of Christ with you, that is not completely obnoxious to you. I know it's hard to believe, but there are people who think I'm completely obnoxious. I live with one of them, but she's stuck. <laughs> but mutual enjoyment, right? Now some of you are wondering, is their marriage really in trouble? <laughs> Mutual enjoyment, number two, respect. John Maxwell says this, when you value someone on the front end of a relationship, you earn respect on the back end. And I find this, if you respect someone, you value them. And I like to describe it this way. In a relationship, if that's going to be one of these strong core, healthy relationships. You're going to place value on that person. So just imagine that I had a rock in my right hand and that I had like a 20-carat clear white diamond in the other hand. Well, first of all, I don't think I would be safe. <laughs> I think I'd have to call the police to get out of here with, with that diamond. So on this hand, I have just a, a rock, maybe a pretty rock. But I might 
throw it at something. I might use it for a game. I might try to see how far I can throw it into the lake or the river. Because I I don't have much value for this, I can go out and find another one of these. It's disposable. You don't really care about that rock. If you have a rock that you really, really care about, I have an opening on Tuesday, and I could meet with you, okay? So there's no value here. But this diamond has incredible value. And so you treat it differently. You treat it with respect because they're both rocks, but one of them is valued differently. And in relationship, if, if we're going to have these types of, of relationships in our lives that are just solid, solid relationships, we have to have that type of, of respect for the people around us. Thursday. I brought up a subject, fine subject, I thought. I guess I, I brought it up at a bad time at our house. Guys, you ever do that? You bring it up at a bad time. And my wife was, was busy with work. She had uh, lots of things going on, and I was busy. But I, I brought up something random uh, that, that we had talked about. And, and so um, I hadn't got all the details, but uh, I had... <laughs> I had listed our dining room table for sale uh, without telling my wife. We had talked about it, and I thought it was a go. <laughs> so I listed our dining room table, and I went up, and, and I mean, immediately I had two people say, can I come see your table? I mean, this is a buy of all buys, right? And so I said, hey, um, you know, with this table, I got it for sale. And she's like, what? You have the table for sale? I said, yeah, we're going to put the table for sale. She tears up. I'm like, what? You love the table that much? What's going on? I thought we were going to sell this. And so I, I said, I'll, I'll take it off. I realized right away that for whatever reason, you know, I messed up. So I was done with it there. Um, but her emotions hadn't caught up to being done, right? So she goes down the hall saying a couple things and and uh, not yelling or anything, but I could see emotion there. And, and um, I said, well, you know, I, I didn't realize. And she says, well, then say you're sorry. Just apologize. And it's not that I had been avoiding apologizing. I never thought about it until that moment. And then I didn't want to apologize. Come on, are you kidding me? She's, I don't know about you, but when my wife gets upset quickly and it doesn't happen very often, but that bothers me. You know, then I'm like, I got to fight for this, right? I got to, I'm, I'm not giving in with this apology. That's what, that's what is inside me. And a lot of times I fail, but this time, I just continued to go with the Spirit of God, and I said, well, I'm sorry. It was a huge win. But do you know what brought that about? Value. Value and respect brought that about. I didn't go into uh, 
why, why I brought it up, why she should see it my way. Uh, just respect. Hey, she's hurting. She's having a busy day. Just let the Spirit of God work through you. So respect. And then shared experiences. I won't spend long here, but bonding, uh, taking a trip or a journey with someone, good or bad. Earlier, when I was sharing about my nephews, that was about validating your life. This idea of shared experiences is more about unity in your life or your relationships. So through those experiences of significant periods of time, we're able to achieve some additional unity. And then number four, trust. It's really the foundation of any relationship. And there are different aspects of trust. I was thinking of that this week. There's trust for fair treatment. I mean, they're going to have my well-being at heart. There's trust that they will take care of me. There's trust for fidelity. The list goes on and on and on. There are different aspects to trust. Another type of trust is this, that your friends will love you enough to tell you what needs to be said, that they will speak the truth in love. Do you know we have to trust our friends that way? We have to trust our friends that they love us enough to speak the truth that we need to hear. And then it's our responsibility to be able to listen to the nuggets that they want to bless us with. Proverbs 27.6 says, the wounds from a friend can be trusted. In other words, I'm standing here right in front of you. You know that I love you. You know that I care about you. And here's what I think you need to hear. One problem we have as individuals is we want to be the person who gets to tell somebody something, but we've not invested enough in the relationship to earn the right. We want to just blurt it out. But it works when we're truly a friend, when, when it's a solid relationship. Are you open enough for your husband, your wife, significant other, a friend to come to you and say, hey, I think you need to pay attention to this. Recently, we were in West Palm Beach and it was a great conference, great church services, the best one I've ever been to, actually. And our pastor, Pastor Aaron, he always asks uh, when we're at events like that, because we're all in different sessions, and he says, guys, tell me what happened in your session, something I didn't hear that you wish I would hear, or something that was said in a session we were in together, and I, I wish or you wish I would have heard it and taken it to heart. And so most of the guys were talking tactically. You know, this I saw that they did this. I saw that they did this. Well, I had something personal that, that came up, and I thought, I'm going to share this with him. So I did it privately because 
uh, it was of a different nature. And, and I'd really been wrestling with something in my heart uh, relationally going up to that time. And few people around me could tell. And, and so I said, Pastor Aaron, since I told you something I wish you would see or hear in the same spirit, how about if you tell me? And so we're standing there outside this fancy store that I, we couldn't afford anything there, but we took our picture by it so people think we can. So anyway... So he says, yeah, he did, he did not hesitate. And he said, oh, yeah, you need to know this. Here's the highest capacity person that I know telling me quickly and clearly, you need to change this. And my wife is loving as she is, she'd already been talking to me about this. And she's like, yeah, Dan, he's right. I mean, she, she was filled with joy. And I'm like, you guys are right. I got I to gotta do this. And you say, weren't you embarrassed? Yes. Deeply to my core. Not because it's significant, but because I have an expectation of myself that I... It's pride. I want to do it right all the time. Of course I don't. So I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that someone actually had to tell me for it to come full circle for me to really see it. I was embarrassed that it was my boss, even though he said it very lovingly and with grace and included the fact that Dan... We're all a work in progress, and I, I, I say this with grace. So, yeah, I was embarrassed, but here's the question. Did it take me forward? I guess I'm going to ask a few questions. Did it take me forward? Did it make me better? Did it make me a better reflection of who God wants me to be? And if the answer is yes, can I accept somebody speaking into my life with the love of God? That's, that's the question. And a lot of us have been in the same place year after year after year because of an inability to let someone speak into our lives, even though God has already told us. Even though God's already showed you that there's something there you need to look up, look at. So the pastor preaches about it. Suddenly we're finding a new church. You think, oh, that, you know, he's meddling or whatever. No, you need to deal with the fact that God's dealing with your life. And it's the way it works. And just stand there on the curb. Just stand there on the curb and say, God, let me receive this as a blessing from somebody who loves me. Don't make excuses. Don't deflect it. Don't give a thousand reasons. 
In fact, I, I don't know why I feel this so strongly today. Just let it wash over you. Let it wash over you. Lord, I need to change this. You can make me so much more effective if I just got my act together on this. That's the spirit of friendship. And so ask yourself a question. If you can't receive that, what's limiting you from solid relationships with God and with other people? I want you all just to close your eyes for a moment of privacy. There's nothing mystical or magical. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. Uh, I simply want to talk to you and pray for you. I want you to just be focused on my voice and the Holy Spirit. You're here today and you, you cannot hear words that you don't like even if they're offered in love. God wants to begin to bring freedom in your life in that area today. You deflect. You get self-deprecating as a deflection. You leave the relationship. You get mad at the person. You gossip. God wants to begin to bring freedom in your life today. you have to listen to his voice and today will only be the beginning I want to speak to somebody in this room today that is walking in true significant bitterness and unforgiveness toward someone that you used to love in fact you still love them but you're bitter toward them and so love does not pour out I want to pray for you. And then finally, I want to pray for one more group of people. You're here today, and you can't experience the depth of what we're really talking about because you haven't started the number one relationship in your life, and that's Jesus. And so today what I encourage you to do even as you sit there in this quiet moment is just say Jesus I I know that you're the son of God I know you came to forgive people's sins and I pray that you would come into my heart forgive my sins be the Lord and Savior of my life bring about change on the inside and the outside I surrender my life to you So, Lord, I pray for these three categories of people. Whoever's struggling with bitterness, God, we pray for them. We pray that your spirit would not let them alone until they release that. I know that you'll be faithful to that. God, I pray for people that are unable to hear the truth in love, even if it comes from someone that they dearly, dearly love. Their their psyche, the development of their person will just not allow it. I pray today that they will begin a new journey and let you change them. Let you deal with whatever it is 
that causes them not to be able to go to that level. And Lord, for those that are inviting you into their heart for the first time today, I thank you and I praise you, God, that you've revealed yourself to them. And I thank you for your word that says you're the friend that stays closer than a brother. We love you. Thank you for people in our lives. I mean, life would be meaningless without people to share it with. So God, we pray that at this church, that you would make us great lovers of people for the cause of Jesus Christ. When they walk in the doors, let them feel the love of God through us. In Jesus' name.